Welcome to the Joyful Attorney Podcast, where licensed attorney and certified life coach, Laura Kelly, teaches you how to bring joy, harmony, and balance to your practice and your life. Hello, colleagues, whenever or wherever you are, welcome to the Joyful Attorney Podcast. I'm your host, professional certified coach and practicing attorney, Laura Kelly. Last week, I talked about secession, and I'm glad I did. That finale was awesome, and I also think we called it. And this week, I'm influenced by finally finishing Severance on Apple TV. Oh my God, what a cliffhanger. And also, there is a good side to being completely emotionally exhausted. Severance tells the story of the ultimate corporate control. A biotech company, Lumen Industries, uses a mind-wipe medical procedure called severance to separate the consciousness of their employees between their lives at work and outside of it. Imagine employees who quite literally do not exist outside of their jobs. And this ties into the theme of the podcast this week, control. In the podcast and during many happy hours, I've talked about the illusion of certainty quite a bit. Today, I wanna talk about the illusion of control. They go hand in hand. We design mechanisms for control via rules so that we don't have to feel negative emotion. And if it worked, let me tell you, I'd be all about it. I am, unfortunately, a recovering control freak. I am also a person who experiences anxiety. Now, in the past, I would have said that I'm an anxious person, or I have anxiety, or even I have a diagnosed anxiety disorder. And while these phrases are common in the English language to describe our medical conditions, they have a tendency to create identities for us. And do I really want anxiety to be part of my identity? I decided that I don't. So I say I experience anxiety rather than I have anxiety or I am anxious. Nevertheless, The reality is that my experience of anxiety is largely out of my control. I cannot prevent myself from feeling anxiety. Okay, wait, I take that back. I can't prevent the feeling of anxiety without medical intervention. Now, I no longer take anti-anxiety medication, so I've had to learn to deal with my anxiety without medication. And let me tell you, it's it's a work in progress. I'm I'm not 100% there. And how I used to handle my anxiety was by trying to control everything and everyone. And I was a bit of a tyrant. I demanded that everything be done according to my rules and my standards and dog help anyone who was unable or unwilling to fall in line. My reaction was rage, fiery, blinding rage. Now, To be honest, for most of my life, I haven't really had any real power to be a tyrant. And the only people who allowed me to attempt to control them were my romantic partners. Like, yikes, right? Toxic. And you know what people really hate? To be controlled. This is true in our jobs, in our families, in our political system, in our romantic relationships. So back to severance. Think about a situation where you were in a job where your boss was controlling or micromanaging rather than empowering. How did it feel? Those of us who've undergone leadership training know that a good leader focuses on empowering their team members by providing them with key things, autonomy, trust, 
and the freedom to make decisions. Good leaders delegate tasks and responsibilities. They encourage collaboration and they support personal and professional growth. And on the other hand, a controlling leader or a tyrant tends to micromanage and closely monitor every aspect of their employees' work. They may limit decision-making power, stifle creativity, and undermine the confidence and capabilities of their employees. And you may be thinking, but Laura, if I don't control people, especially with rules, they will do whatever they want. We cannot have that. But let me tell you a secret. That's already the case. People can do exactly what they want whenever they want to do it. We often believe that if we exert control, we won't have to feel the pain and anxiety of feeling out of control and feeling uncertain. But rules as control mechanisms that are overly restrictive and unreasonable aren't followed. People resist. People obfuscate. And that's when negative consequences or threats come into play. Now, do we want people to obey because they're fear negative consequences? Do we want them to fear the break room, the severance torture chamber? Or do we want people to want to contribute to the success of an endeavor? And not just because they get a waffle party or an egg bar. Now, this isn't just about work. Where in your life are you using rules and control to get what you want? Maybe what you want is peace, productivity, safety, certainty, and security. And how do your rules contribute to that? And truly, maybe some of them do. Not all rules are unreasonable. I have a rule that work starts for my employees at 9 a.m. But actually, now that I think about it, it's not really a rule. Because sometimes my employees call in sick or have appointments. So it's really an expectation that work begins at 9, barring an intervening circumstance. And that's where flexibility comes in. And I have a boundary that I will not continue to employ individuals that don't meet my stated expectations. And this recognizes individual agency rather than power, authority, and control. Now, can you recognize that the imposition of overly restricted rules may provide a temporary sense of control, which may provide some comfort from negative emotion short term? But let me ask you this, at what cost? And is that sustainable over time? So how do you create an environment where people want to contribute to the success of an endeavor, whatever endeavor that may be? I think occupational research, not the kind they do in severance, can be a guidepost. So the idea is to pull from leadership training, recognizing that trust and respect works so much better versus fear and intimidation. So good leaders build trust and foster mutual respect with their teams. They value the input and expertise of their team members. They listen to their ideas and provide constructive feedback. They create an inclusive and psychologically safe environment where individuals feel comfortable expressing their opinions. In contrast, controlling leaders often rely on fear and intimidation to maintain control. They may use threats, harsh criticisms, or punishment to enforce compliance, which can lead to a toxic work atmosphere and hinder open communication. Good leaders also encourage collaboration and teamwork over authoritarianism. 
They facilitate open dialogue, encourage diverse perspectives, and promote a culture of cooperation. They recognize that the strengths of each team member and they leverage them to achieve shared goals. Controlling leaders tend to adopt an authoritarian style where they make decisions without truly consulting team members. And this approach stifles creativity, limits innovation, and discourages independent thinking. And also, if you're the employee in that case, you feel constrained, constricted, and like your opinions don't matter. Now, good leaders prioritize the long-term growth and development of their team members. They invest in mentoring, coaching, and providing opportunities for learning and skill development. They focus on building a sustainable and high-performing team that can thrive even in their absence. In contrast, controlling leaders may prioritize short-term results at the expense of individual growth. Again, this is the idea that you can create very restrictive roles for short-term benefit, but at what cost long-term? Prioritizing immediate outcomes without considering the long-term consequences can lead to burnout and disengagement. And finally, good leaders embrace adaptability and flexibility. They're open to new ideas, encourage innovation, and adapt their leadership style to the needs of their team to the evolving circumstances of the environment. They are willing to delegate authority and empower others to contribute to decision-making processes. Controlling leaders, however, tend to be rigid in their approach. They may resist change, insisting on following predetermined plans and limit the autonomy and creativity of their team members. Let me ask you this. Are you willing to let go of control in order to foster an environment of empowerment, mutual benefit, teamwork, collaboration, and growth? Not just professionally, but personally as well. Are you willing to feel negative emotions that arise when you do not have complete control over a situation because you understand that your long-term results and ultimately positive emotion will benefit from flexibility, trust, shared responsibility, and buy-in? And are you ready to recognize that control is an illusion? If not, don't worry, I can help with that with my unique group coaching program, A Joyful On Demand. Through supportive weekly coaching calls alongside your fellow legal professionals, we work together on restoring harmony, balance, and joy to our lives, both in and outside of the office. No mind wipes required. We cover issues negatively impacting our mindsets, such as emotional triggers, boundaries, time management, self-worth, and so much more. Joyful On Demand membership also offers a wealth of coaching materials, courses, and webinars available 24-7, a supportive group chat with your fellow members, and a book club. And like, who doesn't love a book club? Head over to www.thejoyfulattorney.com slash joyfulondemand for all the details. When you sign up with the code JOYFUL in all caps at checkout, you get the first 30 days absolutely free. So you have nothing to lose and so much to gain. Until next time, stay joyful, stay flexible, and stay in control of your emotions. Learn more about how you can work with Laura Kelly by going to thejoyfulattorney.com. Thank you for listening.